It's good to have you here this morning, and if you would, I'd like you to take your Bibles and let's begin by turning the same text that we turned to last week there, Isaiah uh, chapter 9, and uh, reading verse number 6 and verse number 7. I want to consider here some thoughts from the Word of God that hopefully be encouragement to you as we consider this thought this morning, some great things that accompany Christmas. Some great things that accompany Christmas. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, the Bible says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even forever. The sea of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I want to consider here this morning some great things or the best things that accompany Christmas. Let's go ahead and pray as we consider the word of God here today. Father, thank you, uh, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your son. We thank you for uh, Christmas, a time that we can center our thoughts on Jesus Christ and the things of the Lord. As we consider this text and we consider the Word of God, we thank you for the, the good things, the great things, the best things that accompany Christmas. Father, there are certainly things that aren't good and there are things that certainly aren't what we'd like to see maybe, but again, we want to focus this morning on some Good things, some great things, some of the best things that accompany Christmas. Again, bless this time as we meet here today. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Now, I will read a Christmas story. A Christmas story that's not found in the Word of God, but a Christmas story that happened to a young child on one day, Christmas Day. What if you got nothing for Christmas? Imagine that. Nothing for Christmas. I want to read this story. It's in track form, and you can get it from Pilgrim Track League if you like. I'm just not saying every track from Pilgrim Track League is perfect or right or good or whatever it might be. But again, it's a true story about a hymn writer who got nothing for Christmas. It's entitled Nothing for Christmas, written by Trudy Harvey. It starts out by saying, Freddie quivered with excitement as he gazed upon the bulging stockings. It was so very kind for Mr. Hollis to think of him, the little orphan boy, and include him in with his own children. They had just opened theirs and their eyes. Uh, their, all their eyes were trembling as Freddie was proceeding to discover the contents of his precious stocking. In plunged his hand, excitement gave place to perplexity as out tumbled not all sorts of sweets and toys such as had been in the other stockings, but only a host of plain wood shavings. In plunged the little hand once more to achieve the same results. Freddie looked puzzled. Well, surely there must be some precious gift tucked down out of sight, perhaps in the very toe of the stocking. But no, nothing could be discovered. 
accept more of those frustrating shavings. The little boy, by that time, was a picture of disappointment. As he sat gazing at now an empty stocking. But Mr. Hollis, standing by, it was all a huge practical joke. Ha, ha, ha. That's a good joke on Freddy, he said. Freddy slipped out of the room and ran out to the woodshed, sort of the hay shed, to sob out his aching little heart. In the soft comfort of the hay, he was very disappointed. He had tried so hard to help Mr. Hollis around the farm to, each jo- to do each chore cheerfully, which always wasn't easy. He did so miss his parents that had both died, his father at six, his mother three years. Three years later, just before he had come to be with Mr. Hollis, and now the cruelty of the joke on Christmas morning seemed to be the last straw. Down flowed the tears, thick and fast. Many uh, a boy would have become embittered for life as a result of such treatment. But Freddie was different. His mother had often told him there was a kind Heavenly Father. Whose love for little boys was even greater than his earthly parents. And now on that memorial Christmas morning, Pray was proving that it was indeed true. Such a sense of comfort surrounded and filled his sad heart that he knew he could tell Jesus about it. And he was sure to understand. Freddie felt so much better after comforting himself in the troubles of his heavenly father that he could go out and do the usual morning chores that Christmas day. He never quite forget that incident. However, what did not embitter him, it made him to be more ultra-sensitive to the feelings of little children. Influenced him in his writings as a hymnist to write a song entitled, My Father Has Many Dear Children. Will he forget to keep me? Eventually, Fred A. Graves became a notable hymn writer and wrote well-known pieces such as He Was Nailed to the Cross for Me, and honey in the rock. Such is the story of someone who got nothing for Christmas. What if you got nothing for Christmas? Or wooden shavings on Christmas? I'm sure it would be disappointing for you. But if you would look up, maybe on the internet someday, 
My father has many dear children. For Fred A. Graves, you would understand a child that loved Jesus, that looked to Jesus after a disappointing Christmas morning. Christmas. There are some great things, there are some good things that accompany Christmas. There are certainly some disappointing things that sometimes accompany Christmas. I think of sometimes the disappointments of Christmas. Sometimes you don't get what you want. Certainly this child thought, hey, this person had taken, taken me in as an orphan, maybe give me some things that I would want, some candy, some toys, some things that I want. Sometimes Christmas may be a time when you think about others that are no longer here. You know, by 2033, I would guess my mom is no longer going to be here. I'm guessing there are going to be other people that are no longer here on that Christmas day. There are disappointments that sometimes accompany Christmas. I think of sometimes people that have to work on Christmas Day. Can you imagine how disappointing that is for some people that have to work on Christmas Day? There's certainly some disappointments that may accompany Christmas. There's some people probably that are in the hospital today that maybe got hurt yesterday or somebody that got killed yesterday, which I heard in the news some people got killed in a car accident yesterday. They'll not be here for Christmas. There's certainly some disappointments that could accompany Christmas. Nothing for Christmas for this young boy, but he wrote of how God cares for children despite the treatment that he had as a child. Again, as we look at some great things, some of the best things that accompany Christmas, we can look at negative things that accompany Christmas. Some could talk about the commercialism of Christmas. Some could talk about, it seems more and more, it's all about Santa and Christmas. And we could talk about the negative things that accompany maybe Christmas in some people's minds. But I think about the good things, the great things, the best things that accompany Christmas, and they can bring joy to you and I. Let's consider, first of all, one of the best things that accompany Christmas. We see it in Isaiah chapter 9 at verse number 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. What is one of the best things that accompany Christmas? Grace giving. What is grace giving? It's someone giving you a gift by grace. Not because they know you. Not necessarily because they love you. But they gave you something according to grace. Something you could use. Maybe something... You need. The Bible says here in Isaiah chapter 9, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A son is given us of grace. 
You don't deserve grace. God gives us grace. As I think about grace giving, I've seen a, a veteran here. Just, I believe, was very recently in video form. And someone uh, posted this uh, as, a, as a video. And uh, this veteran was given the opportunity to have $100 or give away $500. No one knew he was a veteran. But he's given the opportunity to get $100 for Christmas for himself. Or have $500 to give to other people for Christmas. What do you think he chose? He chose the $500. And, and, and there are strings attached. The only strings that were attached to this $500 is he had to give that $500 to strangers. Just give it to somebody else. You know, one of the good things that accompany Christmas is grace giving. Giving people that you don't know. Giving people maybe that have hurt you or may speak negative things about you, things that they, they need. They, they certainly need more than anything. And Isaiah says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That son was given as a gift for you. A gift for you to receive. A gift that you must voluntarily receive. You know, that veteran took that money and he was given $50 bills and he went around the store, it was a Walmart, and he began to give out that gift to other people and some people were shocked and he gave it out in $50 bills. So he had 10 opportunities basically to give out that gift. Came to some of these people, he gave the gift to some and some, you know, can I get a hug from you? And so he hugged them and, he, and they hugged them back. Perfect strangers hugging people. That's really strange, but that sometimes happens at Christmas, around Christmas. As he handed out that bill, he came to this old lady. And certainly you think the old ladies, you know, they, they need money, right? Just like anybody else. Everybody likes a little cash for Christmas or likes cash in general. But you know that little lady said, give it to someone. Who needs it more than me? You know, that's actually grace given. Someone says, well, how is it grace giving? Well, she could have took it, but she said, give it to someone else that needs it more than me. Christmas is about grace giving. You know, the, the gift that people most need is Jesus. The gift that you most need is Jesus. And yet, Jesus would give it to who? To us. For unto us a child was born. Unto us a son is given. You think about Jesus. What do we need? We need eternal life. What do we need? We need the son. And if you think about grace giving, we have the opportunity, especially as Christians at this time of year, to be involved with grace giving. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm not talking gift exchanges or, or forced giving or, you know, other kinds of givings. And I'm not saying I'm against all those things, but I'm just saying we can be involved with grace giving. Deuteronomy chapter 16, if you turn back there with me, Deuteronomy chapter 16 
You know what grace giving is? It's giving to people that don't deserve it. You know, it would be like giving a criminal something he didn't deserve. Would you ever give a criminal maybe someone something they don't deserve? Give them a, a gift at Christmas time. That'd be kind of unusual to give a, a criminal a gift they don't deserve. Think of the thief on the cross. Didn't he get a gift he didn't deserve? Oh, yeah. He got eternal life. A gift he didn't deserve. Think of John Newton. Didn't he not get a gift he didn't deserve? Oh, yeah. He got a gift he didn't deserve. Who's John Newton? He's the one that wrote Amazing Grace. He's the one that wrote Amazing Grace. A gift he didn't deserve. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 17 says this, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. You know, we have the ability to take a gift and, and receive it, and we should receive gifts, and certainly again, gifts are given to us by grace. You know, let's think of little children, and as they grow up in a home, again, they get gifts from aunts and uncles and sometimes friends and relatives and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. And really, do they deserve those gifts? Oh, they, the children might say, well, yeah, I was good. <laughs> Just like Santa, as long as you're good, you get the gifts. No, whether you're good or bad, normally you'll find yourself getting gifts. You'll not get shavings like this son got. On Christmas time. You know, I'm not, getting, I, I'm not expecting, I mean, I had stockings in my house. I didn't expect again to get inside my stocking a plum full stuffed stocking full of wood shavings to be a joke against me on Christmas Day. No, I, I, I probably would expect maybe something better, something maybe more helpful, or maybe at least something good to eat, some treats or toys in that gift. But I think about gifts, and I think about the opportunity we have to share gifts and to give gifts. This verse tells us about giving gifts. Every man shall give as he is able. We can all give as we are able. You say, how are we able? According to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. We're all given God's blessings, and we all can give. We can all share. Certainly that man in that story we read about there, Mr. Hollins, could have put a few candies in that stocking, could have put a toy in that stocking, but instead he made little Freddy a practical joke on Christmas Day. Every man shall give as he is able. Can we give? Yes, we can. Can we give out of duty? Can we give? Because we feel forced to? Can we give because we're expected to? Oh yes, we can give in all those ways. But turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God would have us to be involved with what I call grace giving. You know, he established grace giving by giving us his son. He established grace giving by... Even as the Lord Jesus Christ. To be our Savior. To be our Lord. To be our King. 
Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse number seven, the Bible says, every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, oh, I guess I have to do this, or out of necessity, I suppose if I don't give, maybe others will not give to me. It's not saying that, but I think about people might think that. Of necessity, well, I'm expected to, I'm supposed to, I have to, I need to. For God loveth the cheerful giver. Doesn't mean these are absolutely wrong. As far as means of giving, giving out of grudgingly or necessity. Again, man can give from different realms or reasons. He can give, again, here, uh, grudgingly. He can give necess- out of necessity. But he also can give cheerfully. Giving can be done according to ability and according to the blessings of the Lord. But giving should be given, I believe, best given out of grace. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He gave his Son based on grace. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Are you involved with grace giving? Grace giving is giving cheerfully. Grace giving is giving after the Lord Jesus. Giving to those maybe that don't expect it and those that do not deserve it. Romans chapter 8 verse number 31 and 32. The Bible says, what shall we say to these things? If God before us who can be against us, he... That is God. Spare not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall you not with him? Also free to give us all things. Someone says, well, what has God given us? He's given us sons, but he gives us everything. He gives us everything. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness. Or shadow of turning. God gave a son and God graciously gives us on a regular, daily, hourly, and timely basis. So Christmas, as we think about the best things that accompany Christmas, is a time for grace giving. It's a time for understanding some things about giving. Maybe the differences sometimes about giving. Maybe again that, you know, it's best to give than to receive. And so we see that's one of the first and best things about Christmas. We turn to the book of Luke, if you turn there with me. Isaiah says that Jesus would give us peace that would never end. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 and verse number 7. But I'd like us to look to the book of Luke here. Luke chapter 2 and uh, verse number 10 and verse number 11. Let me say the secondly, the second best thing, and this is in an order, one, two, three, four, like what's best about Christmas. But uh, Christmas is a time of good tidings, the best tidings, the greatest tidings. In fact, you see this in Luke chapter 2, verse number 10, it says, and the, the whole multitude of people, uh, Luke chapter, sorry, I'm Luke chapter 1. I'm in the wrong chapter. Sorry about that. 
Luke chapter 2 and verse number 10. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I give you good tidings of great joy that should be to all people, for unto you is born uh, this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know, we think about the, the good things or the best things that accompany Christmas. The Bible says there, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Tidings of the Messiah. Tidings of the Savior. Tidings of the Redeemer. Times of the Prince of Peace now had come by means of the angel said unto them. Angel said unto who? The shepherds. The shepherds got to hear the good tidings that the Messiah was come. And what did they do? They, they went home and they, they did nothing about it. They continued to tend to their sheep and that sort of thing. No, they went to see the Savior. They went to see the Savior. The message of Christmas is that of good tidings. Jesus came to save sinners. Jesus came into this world. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. With ideas of a Savior only touch certain people? No, all people, all people of all kinds, of all colors, of all backgrounds, of all ways of life, of all religions, would have a Savior now. And his name would be Jesus. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. What is good about Christmas? What is great about Christmas? People might look at Christmas and say, it's more and more getting like this and I get all that. And I, I think about sometimes Christmas and Christmas Day and, you know, in some degrees they're trying to cancel more and more Christmas, especially anything to do with Jesus Christ. There would be no Christmas without Christ. Keep that in mind. There's no Christmas. There's no Christmas vacations without Christ. There's no Christmas days off without Christ. There's no Christmas day without Christ. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 21, the Bible says, And he and she shall bring forth a son, and she shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus. What is Jesus the name associated most with? The saving of people from sins. That's so why we sing Jesus saves, Jesus saves. We don't sing the church saves. We don't sing that works save. We don't say that good people are, are saved. We sing that Jesus saves. We see, see that Jesus saves by what? You're washed in his blood. Washed in the precious blood of Jesus. Redemption to the blood. But it started with the birth. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 9. There's no blood without a birth. There's no redemption without a virgin birth. There's no story of good tidings or glad tidings without Jesus Christ. People can come up with 
so-called hope for the future, hope in this and that, but without Jesus, there's truly no hope. That's why more and more today you have a hopeless society, a helpless society, a depressed society, because it seems like there's very little good news. There's fake news. There's sometimes disgusting news. There's sometimes disturbing news. There's sometimes scary news. But there's good news with Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9. And I want to read a few verses from this chapter. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 11 to verse number 12. We'll start there. Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, sorry, chapter 9, verse 11 and verse number 12. But Christ, being come and high priest and of good things to come by a great and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats or calf, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And then I'd like you to skip, if you would, just forward a few verses there. It says there in verse number 24, For Christ is not entered in the holy place made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this judgment, but Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. We think of the best things or the great things that accompany Christmas, the best thing that accompanies Christmas is that there was a child born born to die that you might have your sins forgiven you know the world may not look at Christmas that way and certainly they don't I mean those sing songs about Santa Claus and the big fat Santa Claus coming down and so to speak giving toys to boys that are good and girls that are good and if you haven't been naughty you or you've been nice, it's all about, you know, that's how you're going to get a gift. No, Jesus is about giving a gift you don't deserve. None of us deserve eternal life. None of us deserve to be in heaven someday. The wages of sin is death. So what do we deserve? We deserve exactly what the Bible says we deserve. We deserve death. But he gives us opportunity for life. Jesus Christ gives us opportunity for life. The good tidings is a, a Savior was born. It's about the blood more than the birth. But there's no blood without first his birth. There's no salvation without Jesus Christ. Salvation is available. The best gift of eternal life is available to each and every one of us who would look to Jesus as Savior and Lord. And so we see again Christ 
in Christmas. But I want us to move on. Let's turn to John chapter 1. There's another best thing that accompanies Christmas, and we've talked a little about grace giving, but I want to just talk here briefly on the subject of grace. Grace. Grace is getting the unmerited favor of somebody else. You know, it's like those people there that were given $50 each. You know, some were like, are you for real? Are you for real? Why would you give me as a stranger $50? I thought about that. I mean, think about Jesus. Are you for real? I mean, I'm a sinner and I'm going to get grace instead. Are you for real? No, grace is getting the unmerited favor and love of God extended towards people that deserve the judgment of God. And so the Bible says there's a message of grace here, and that grace message accompanies Christmas. John chapter 1 and verse number 14, it says, The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him, and he cried, saying, This was he that I spake of. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. I want you to know, especially verse 17, it says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Christmas is a time of Hearing about grace, the grace of Jesus, the grace of a son being given to us, the grace of God that we need. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And let's go ahead and read verse number 15 through verse number 17. Romans chapter 5, verse number 15 through 17. Important verse there found, especially in verse number 17. Again, not putting one verse above other verses in the Bible, but one that I, again, would draw my attention to. The Bible speaks here of gifts here, and I want to talk about grace and gifts going hand in hand. Romans chapter 5, verse 15, it says, But not as an offense, so is this free gift. For if through the offense of many be dead, much more, the grace of God, the gift of grace, which was by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was to one that had sinned, so is that gift. For the judgment was to the one to condemnation, but the gift is of many offenses to justification. For if by one's offense death reigned by one, much more they that receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign by the life of one, Jesus Christ. I have circle in verse number 17, the abundance of grace. Have you ever thought about the abundance of grace? That Jesus has to give us to save us from our sins? To not condemn us to hell, but rather give us the gift of heaven? Have you ever thought about the abundance of grace that God gives to every man and is available to every man? And here it says, they which receive, and that's important, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, 
Jesus Christ. Only those that receive the abundance of grace will really understand what grace is about. I mean, you think about the song Amazing Grace. What does that really mean to someone who hasn't received grace? I mean, maybe it speaks of an opportunity for grace, but it certainly doesn't speak of the grace that they've received. The good news of Christmas is there's grace available, a gift available. For each and every person in this world, there's enough grace, there's enough grace that everybody could go to heaven. But the sad fact is many will go to hell. Can I say that again? There's, there's enough grace that everybody can go to heaven. Everybody that's ever lived, everybody that's ever sinned, everybody that's ever been born can receive grace. There's enough grace, there's abundance of grace that everybody can receive grace. But the sad reality is people often don't want salvation by grace. They'd rather seek to try to earn it. Well, my religion teaches is partly grace and partly works. So partly I get it because of Jesus, but partly because I'm a good person and I'm religious and I do the right things or I say the right things or I go to the right church or I'm here on Christmas Day, so to speak. Some people might think, you know, it's partly of me and partly of grace, but it's all of grace. There'll be nobody, nobody though enter into heaven that didn't really believe in grace. The precious grace of Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There'll be no one boasting of the grace of God. The good news is that of grace. Let's turn back to the book of Luke. We've been in Luke, but let's turn back there. Luke chapter 2. Again, the best things that accompany Christmas we see here, fourthly and finally, is Christ is a time for us to be given the opportunity to give glory to God. Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and verse 14, it says, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and shall call his name uh, John. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall... Drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And so John the Baptist would be born. And we see in the next chapter there, chapter 2, verse number 13. Chapter 2, verse 13. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth good will toward men. Christmas is a time for Glorifying God, giving glory to God, singing praise to God, assembling around giving honor to God, worshiping God. Christmas carols, Christmas choruses, Christmas songs, all give glory to God. Heart the herald, angels sing, we sang it this morning. Angels from the realms of glory, silent night, all these are centered around the Savior and hope of heaven and the glory of God. Christmas songs, Christmas stories, Christmas 
praise. These all center around the glory of God. Verse 13, And suddenly there was from angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to men. Let's turn back to Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to close here this morning. What are some great things associated with Christmas? These are some great things associated with Christmas. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. As for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Consul, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. We see some great things that accompany Christmas. Some of the best things that accompany Christmas. Let me encourage you to have a Christ-centered Christmas Day. It's a time for grace giving. It's a time for good tidings. It's a time for taking grace, receiving grace. It's a time that we can glorify God in song and music. Let's close as we consider the word of God here this morning.